Well, I love that song. And uh, well, if you're thankful for all the Lord has done for you, say amen. And, and I appreciate it. And I, I don't know that I'll try to sing it in Spanish, all right? But I, I do enjoy singing that song. Psalms chapter 18. Uh, Psalms, one, Psalms 18, if you would. I just want to read the first three verses here and uh, just preach this message. He is worthy. Psalms chapter 18. Stand with me as you turn. Psalms chapter 18. And Matter of fact, as we come to these verses, I'll read them through once, and then if you'll read back through them with me aloud, Psalms chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress my, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Read those verses aloud with me, would you? I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God and my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Brother David Morrison, would you pray for us? Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the preacher that's faithful to preach it the way it is. And Lord, I pray that our hearts might be ready tonight to hear what you've got for us and that we respond to it the way you'd have us to respond. But Lord, there may be someone here that's not saved. I pray that this message will be for them, and they'll realize, as I did many years ago, that I was lost and on my way to hell, but Christ came into my heart and saved me. I pray for that individual, that they might make that response tonight. For Christ's sake, amen. Amen. I like verse 3. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, who is worthy to be praised. Boy, we serve a worthy Savior, don't we? I have enjoyed singing tonight, and not only as the, co- the choir that sang the special tonight, but just being able to sing as a congregation to praise our Savior through the words that we have sung tonight, and He is worthy of our praise. Well, that's been going on for a very long time, hasn't it? Uh, saints through the ages have lifted their voices up and praised the Lord because he's worthy of it. And here we see David. Matter of fact, if you have that heading, it says this, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that, all the, in the, day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said. And then the psalm unfolds, the third longest psalm in the Scripture. And, uh, but the third longest, and it's recorded again, almost, almost the exact same wording in, uh, in uh, I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 2 or 2 Samuel chapter 22. And David would sing this, this psalm, if you would, and he would praise God after he had been delivered from all his enemies, probably a little bit later in his life because the psalm said, from all his enemies. And uh, he had had his victories over the lion, over the bear, over Goliath. He had had to flee from Saul, and he had been delivered from Saul. He had been delivered from his enemies. And so he begins to write this psalm. And he says those words, he is worthy. I think how important that is to keep in mind, the worthiness of the Lord. I think he's worthy of our sacrifices, isn't he? And you ever, in the service of the Lord, sometimes it can become wearing on us. And yet he is worthy, isn't he? We go through struggles and the call is to remain faithful. And the reminder is that he is worthy of our faithfulness. He's worthy of our repentance, the fact that we would get right with him when we have done wrong because his compassions are new every morning. He is worthy. 
this passage of scripture reminds us that the Lord is, is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He's worthy of me lifting my voices up and praising him with my lips and with my life and with my service to make much of the Lord. He is worthy. I want to draw your attention. The first thing we see his person. Look at what he uses. He uses this word in verse one. He said, I will love thee. Oh, oh, what? Oh, Lord. Again, he says in verse two, the Lord is my rock. He would say, not only that, in my fortress and my deliverer, and then he would say, my God. Verse 3, I will call upon the Lord. His person, just because of who he is, he is worthy. The song was just sung and listing, uh, uh, thanking the Lord for all of his blessings in our life and all of the good things that he has done for us. But, and as much as we are thankful for all that he has done, and we could go on and on and on at the blessings of God, he is worthy just because of who he is. The word Lord in that passage of Scripture comes from the Hebrew word that is Jehovah. It means the self-existent God. The first time that name for the Lord is used is in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4 where it says this, These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord, that's that word Jehovah, God made the earth and the heavens. It speaks of the one who spoke this world into existence. Nobody made him, he made everything else. There is not a thing that you could look around that God did not form, that God did not make, that God did not create, and he is the same one who said, let there be light. In the beginning was, uh, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said it, and it happened. He's the creator. He is worthy of our praise. He's the reason we live and breathe tonight, isn't he? He's the one who made us, created us, and formed us. I love how he said of Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before God formed thee, he knew you. Before you were born in this world, God knew you, and he had a plan, and he had a purpose for you. And even though we fell sh- fall short of that purpose, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, he stepped in and pay- provided a way to restore that relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah, he is worthy. I tell you this, I, I believe he is worthy. If we never get another good thing in our life, he is worthy just because of who he is. He was not made for us. We were made for him. We were made to praise him. We were made to serve him. We were made to worship him. We were made for him, and he is worthy. I would remind you tonight, whether it's a praise that needs to be offered, whether it's a sacrifice of self, whether it's a trial that you're in the middle of trying to stay faithful, God is worthy because of who he is, Jehovah. But he doesn't just use the word Jehovah to name him. And in verse 2, we see this, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God. The Psalms this was writing, that means the Almighty. Matter of fact, the first time that name for the Lord is used is in Genesis chapter 14, verses 18 through 20. It says, as Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth the bread and the wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. There it is, the Almighty. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the Most High God, again, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the Most High God again, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand, and he gave him tithes of all. The first time we see this name for God used in Scripture, it was used in reference of worship, the Almighty. 
it was a recognition that he is worthy of our worship because he is the almighty. There is no one greater than him. There is no one stronger than him. Not only is he the self-existent God that created this world and spoken into existence, but he is the most powerful thing in the world. There's no obstacle bigger than him. We just sang the song. Nothing is impossible. There is nothing that is bigger or greater or stronger than our God. And the psalmist is looking back. David is looking back, and he's thinking about an almighty God. He's thinking about his Jehovah who spoke him into existence and made him. And he said he is worthy, and he's thinking about an almighty God who gave him victory after victory in his life. I think he's picturing the lion and the bear that God used him to slay when just a shepherd bore. He's thinking of a man, a giant named Goliath, that would come down there. He's thinking about the king of the nation of God's people who would pursue his life. And he's thinking about the Philistines who time after time marched against him. And he's saying this, God is almighty and he is worthy of my worship just because of who he is. He is worthy of our praise. I think it is important to remember that he is worthy. He is worthy of our faithfulness again. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our sacrifice. He is worthy of of fulfilling the will that God has for our life just because of who he is. You know, I, I think this, if you're looking for any reason to continue, look no further than his person. Look no further than who he is. I don't just need another blessing. I just need to get my eyes on who Jesus is. And what he's done for us. And the Psalms, this is reminding of this, the person of God, Jehovah, the self-existent one. Nobody needed to create him. Nobody needed to make him because he always has been and always will be. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the self-existent God who spoke everything else into existence. I was talking with Samuel the other night and he came down to the table. He's headed up for bed and then he came back down. And I don't remember how he, how he worded the question. He asked something about those who just don't believe in God. And how do we know? And I said, son, look outside. Look at at creation. Look at it for a moment. I said, son, I I used the illustration of my truck, and then I held up my hand. And I said, son, I said, look at my hand. I said, what's in it? He said, nothing. I said, what if I told you from everything in my hand I was going to make a chocolate chip cookie? And he goes, dad, that couldn't happen. I said, what if I added a... A thousand years to it. What if I added a million years, a billion years to it, and from what's in my hand, I'm going to make a chocolate chip cookie? He said, Ed, that can't happen. I said, look around you. I don't care how many millions of billions of years to you can add to it. Nothing ever becomes something except someone makes it. You can look around and you can see a self-existent God that spoke this world into existence and spoke you into existence and gave us purpose. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God put us here on purpose, and one day he's calling us out of here on purpose. He is God. He is worthy, and he is the Almighty. We see not only his person, but we see his work. Look at what he would say here in verse 2. The Lord is my what? My rock. 1 Peter 2, 6 through 8. Peter would write this. No doubt remembering his conversation with the Lord when the Lord said, Upon this rock I will build my church. 
Peter would write in that letter. He said, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. David was saying, I have a sure foundation. The Lord is my rock. Saul tried to get me, but the Lord was my rock. He was what I stood upon. The Pharisee, the, the, the uh, Philistines would pursue me, but the Lord was my rock. Absalom would pursue him, but the Lord was his rock. He had a sure foundation in his life. What a foundation we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. To some who would reject him, he's a rock of offense, a stone of stumbling, and they can't stand it, and they trip over him at every corner. You share the gospel with them, and rather than rejoicing in their salvation, they will reject it and turn bitterly away. But to you and I that know him, he is the cornerstone, the rock on which we stand. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, knowing that we are at peace with God on a sure foundation and that my Savior lived for me, he died for me, and he rose again for me, and I am in his hand and under his control, and he is the rock upon which we stand. He praised him. He praised him for the foundation that he had. Christian, I would remind you tonight that we have an incredible foundation in the Lord. A foundation, friend, that cannot be shaken. It cannot be moved. It is God. He said the Lord, he said there as he praised the Lord for his work, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. At the end of the verse, he would say, and my high tower. The Lord was his refuge. He said, not only is what he could, I can stand on, but he's the one I can run to. He's the one I run to. Saul could pursue him, but he had his Lord to lean on. Goliath could march down to the valley of Elah towards David, and yet David knew he had a refuge. He would hide and hide out in clay caves as Saul would pursue him, but God was his refuge. Absalom would pursue him, but God was his refuge. I think of Paul in the New Testament as that thorn in the flesh would, would, would uh, beat him down and that struggle in his life. And he would pray to God and say, God, remove it. And God would say no, but he would say, my grace is what? Sufficient for thee. What did he say? I'm not taking the storm away, but I'm not going to take your refuge away either. I am your refuge. I am your strength. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. He praised God. Because he had a refuge. He is worthy. He was worthy not only because of who he was, but because of his work, his rock, his foundation, his fortress, his refuge, his deliverer, and my deliverer. He said, who is it that delivered me from the hand of mine enemy? My God. You know why Saul couldn't catch him? Because God was his deliverer. There was no catching David for anybody. The Philistines weren't going to get him. Saul wasn't going to get him. Absalom wasn't going to get him. Nobody could get him because God already had a way of escape planned. You know God has given us an incredible way of escape, even from the temptations of our own flesh. 
2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn. In, oh, I'm going to skip. I'm going to need another verse. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is what? Common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to what? Bear it. A way of escape. There is no trial. There is no temptation. God may allow them into our life, but he always has a way of escape. Always. David had a deliverer. He said, he is worthy of my praise. And I am going to praise him because of who he is and because of what he has done. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my buckler. That was his shield. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. A buckler was the shield that he would march forward into battle with. As he went into battle, he had his shield. I love the scripture where it says, The Lord said, Upon this rock I will build my church. He would say, The gates of hell shall not what? Prevail against it. Gates, last time I checked, were a defensive thing, weren't they? I've never seen anybody beaten over their head with a gate, all right? Never seen that happen. It's meant to prevent something. Yet the Lord tells us with the gospel, go ye therefore. God has told us to go to the point that hell is on the defensive. As you and I march forward serving our God in his service, he has given me a buckler. That no question as I walk forward in battle serving God as he has called me to serve him. And the devil throws his darts at me, yet I have a buckler. I have a shield. I think of the call to serve God. David knew something. As a matter of fact, David's greatest mistake happened when he failed to go into battle. At a time when kings went forth to battle, David stayed home, didn't he? And what did he do? He went to the roof of his house. And he looked and he lusted and he took. And his greatest failing happened because he failed to march forward into battle. God has called us not to sit on our rooftops, not to sit leisurely behind the battle line, but to march forward for the Lord. And who is it that is my buckler when I go forward in his service? Well, it is God. It is God. And David began to praise God for who he was. He said, I'm going to praise him for who he is, and I'm going to praise him for what he's done. I have a reason to praise him because of his purpose, person, and I have a reason to praise him because of his works. I would say nothing has changed, Christian. He is worthy. We see his person. We see his works. but We see his worship. The Lord is worthy of our worship, and look at how David expresses his worship. There's several statements in here where David said, I will. And the first one is in verse one. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. How does he express his worship? I will love thee. David said this, I'll show you how I worship you because of who you are, because of what you have done. I want you to know, Lord, you have my love. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God 
with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. God would give us the call, love not the world, neither the things in the world. Our love belongs to nobody else but our Savior. Our devotion belongs to nobody else but our Lord. And every other love that we have for anybody else must fall into the shadow of his love. And the source of that love that we might have for any other person ought to be the love that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. He calls us to love one another. And why do we love one another? Because we, we love the brethren because of who he is. He is, gives us this call. I will love thee. Lord, I want you to know you're Jehovah, the self-existent one, the one who spoke this world into existence. You created it all. You created me and you had purpose. You are the almighty God. You're the one who's worthy of my worship. And, and I see your work. You've been my foundation. You've been my fortress. You've, you've been my deliverer. He goes, and I want you to know I will love thee. I would say this, worship begins with love. I'll tell you what you worship. You worship what you love. We worship what we love. And there is nothing else worthy, more worthy of our love than our Lord. He said, I will love thee. Friend, I don't think, I don't know how. I know it's possible, but I don't understand how. You can get a good look at who God is and not love him. I know folks have. I know folks, lost folks, who have been confronted with the love of Christ in terms of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ and have heard what he has done and how much he has loved them and yet has com have completely turned away from him. Romans chapter 1 reminds us of that, this very fact. Now some will reject him. But I don't understand how you can dwell long upon who he is and not respond with love in your heart. But love is not merely an emotion, is it? It is an action. It is an action. I was talking to my son today on the way to the restaurant, and we're talking about First, or first Corinthians chapter 13, that, that chapter on love. The word charity is used there. Why the word charity instead of the word love? Because charity speaks of love in action, doesn't it? Many times when we use the word love, we use it in terms of emotion that we feel. But, but charity calls us beyond an emotion that we feel to a love that produces an action on our part. The Lord's love for us wasn't just something he felt in heaven. It was something he acted out at Calvary. Am I right? The love that God calls for in Corinthians is the love that suffereth long and is kind. Friday night, I heard uh, Brother, Chat, Brother uh, Scott Pauly preach there out of that passage of Scripture, and he reminded us of the end of the chapter where it says, Now abideth faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is what? Charity. And he said, Why is charity the greatest? Well, faith one day will expire when faith becomes sight. Am I right? Hope will become reality when we see him. But charity in God will never fail. God is love. 
And that love that God has expressed toward us, he calls for us to return to him. And the psalmist, when he got his eyes on who he was and what he has done, came to this conclusion of his heart, I will love thee. I will love thee in my heart, and I will love thee with my actions. You will have my devotions. You will have my service. You will have all of me, my heart, my mind, and my soul. You have all of me, Lord. I will love thee. Well, I think he is worthy of our love. He is worthy of our love. Friend, he doesn't need to earn it, but he did earn it. He's worthy of our love just because of who he is, but he didn't stop there. He earned it at Calvary. He's worthy. To love him, not only just some emotion that we feel, but in the way that we live. Boy, love is seen in our action. And God calls us, the Psalms have said, I will love thee. If you go down another verse, he says in verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, that's the Almighty, my strength, in whom what? I will trust. He said, not only will I love thee, but I will trust thee. So I'm going to trust you. What I want you to know because of who you are, I'm going to trust you. Because of what you have done, I will trust you. You speak, you direct, and I will follow. I think of the, the Proverbs, trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct thy path. What is it? He said, I will trust thee. The book of Psalms said this in Psalms 5.11, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. He said, I will trust thee. Friend, he is worthy of our trust. Trust isn't something we do when we have to. Trust is something we do all the time. In other words, trust isn't the last resort. Trust isn't what we happen and say, well, I've tried to do everything else. I've got my way. I went about it my way, and it didn't work out. I followed this person's plan, and it didn't work out. So I guess now I'm just going to have to trust him. No. Trust begins with God. Trust begins with God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Trust is when I say I'm building my life on that book. Trust is what we do as a parent when we say, Lord, what do you say in your word about parenting? And we find out what he says and we live it out. Trust isn't what I do when all of my ideas of parenting have fallen apart and now I decide, well, what did God say? Trust is what I do when I see what he says about finances and I follow his direction in his word. It's not what I do when everything that I planned fell apart. Now I say, well, I'm just going to have to trust God. Trust is when we begin with his word And follow his word all the time. Too many times we think of trust what we do as a last resort. Trust is not seen in a last resort. It is seen in the first resort. It is seen when we say, this is what he has said. This is what I will do. If trust is your last resort, it's not really trust. It's desperation. It's desperation. Some people only follow God out of desperation. When all their plans have failed 
and now they need God. Trust begins at the start. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And we all have our moments of desperation because we failed to go about trusting him in the first place. But true trust is when we say, God, what do you have to say that I will do? Even when my own logic says the opposite. If I'm following my own logic, I'm not trusting him anyway. Trust begins with him. Lord, you're Jehovah. You're the almighty God. You are worthy of my praise. You're the self-existence one. You're the one who spoke this world into existence and made me and created me. You're the one who saved me. You have a purpose and a plan for me. You are the almighty. With, with you, nothing is impossible. You're my rock and my foundation, Lord. You're my, you're my fortress that I run to. You're, you're my deliverer in times of trouble. This is who you are. So I am going to trust in thee. I'm going to trust thee. I'm going to follow thee. I will love thee, and I will trust thee. He's, his worship. We saw not only will he love thee, not only did he say, I will love thee, not only did he say, I will trust thee, but in verse 3, he says this, I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. I think of the verse, knock, and it shall be open unto you. Seeking you, seek you shall find, knock, and it shall be open unto you. What is he saying? I will seek his face. Trust is always accompanied with calling. It always is. Trust is always accompanied with our calling upon God. Remember when you were saved? Isn't that the way it happened? Where the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made into what? Salvation. When there was enough faith born in the heart that it produced a call with our mouth. Right? Someone shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. They showed you that he loved you, showed him that you were a sinner, showed you that the Son of God died on the cross and rose again three days later that you might be saved, showed you that, that, that it wasn't a work that you could do, but it was the wonderful gift of God. And, and all of a sudden, that faith that was born in your heart produced a call for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. You put your trust in him, and that trust produced a call. Trust always produces a call. The measure of my trust is my call. My call. Too many times our call is the last thing when it should be the first thing. Lord, you're my, you're worthy. You're Jehovah, the self-existent one. You spoke this world into existence. You, you formed it at a word, and you're the almighty God. You sustain it all, and you're my rock and my, my fortress and my deliverer. This is who you are. I will trust thee, and because of that, Lord, I am here today. I don't know what's coming my way yet today, but I'm calling on you to direct my step. I have my, my or things in front of me that's laid out that I think are coming my way, but, Lord, give me your wisdom today. You said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Give me wisdom today. Direct my steps today. Let me not miss your will in the middle of the busyness of my day today. Dear God, don't let me miss the one that you would have me to share the gospel with or the one you would have to be an encouragement. I call upon you today because I know that today I need you. Trust 
produces a call. And where we call is where we trust. Where we call is where we trust. Too many times the place we call is upon is our own strength. Well, do I have the strength today? Do I have the time today? Do I have the financial wherewithal today? Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? No, our first call should be Jehovah, the Almighty. Lord, I need you today. I know what lays ahead of I don't know all that lays ahead of me today. But let me use my strength and steward it in a way that pleases you. And where mine falls short, your, your, great, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Give me strength. Give me a fortress. Give me a deliverer. How you'd have me to use, steward the resources you've given in my life. Give me wisdom as I steward those resources in my life today. Give me the wisdom to know what needs to be done in the day that lays ahead of me. I'm calling upon you, Lord, because I need you. Call. A call. He said, I, I will love you. I will trust you. I will call upon you. As he took a moment, he looked back over his life. And he said, look, I look backward and I see something. Lord, you are worthy. I look back in the history of my life, David would say, the Psalms would say, and I I see Jehovah back there. I see Jehovah Jehovah behind me. I see Jehovah in my present. I see Jehovah in my future. I see the one who spoke this world into existence. And for some reason, he called this lowly shepherd boy that even the prophet uh, Samuel just didn't understand why this would be the one. And yet God is in sovereignty, knew that the man after his own heart was, was, was a little shepherd boy named David that even man himself was passing over. Even his own father didn't think you need to call David out of the field. But David could look back and say, Jehovah knew. Jehovah called. The Almighty called. He gave me the lion and bear into my hand. He gave me Goliath uh, in, in, in the field. And he, he kept me from Saul as he pursued my life. And, and he gave me victory over the, over the Philistines. He, he gave me victory in, over Absalom's life. He looked back. I have seen Jehovah. I have seen the Almighty. And he has been my rock. And he has been my fortress. And he has been my deliverer. I will love him. I will trust him. I will call upon him. Look up for a minute. He is worthy. He is worthy of your love and devotion. He is worthy of your trust, the first place to go. He is worthy of your call. He is worthy of your call. I see this, and then he says this as he says that. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be what? He doesn't say it here, but he'd say it earlier in his life. I will praise. If you've got a minute, skip ahead in your Bible, would you, to Psalms chapter 57. Psalms chapter 57. Psalm 18 was written, written when the victory was won. Psalms 57 was in the heat of the battle. Psalms 57 was in the heat of the battle. As a matter of fact, just ahead of it, it says in Psalms 57, to the chief musician, a a mishtam, if I'm mispronouncing it, of David. In other words, an instructional psalm, a hymn. When he fled from Saul in the cave, David is hiding out in the middle of the battle, being pursued by Saul. And look what he writes. 
Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge. Until these calamities be overpassed, I will cry unto God most high. He's calling unto him then. Unto God that performeth all these things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me from the reproach of him that would swallow me up. Selah, pause and think about that for a minute. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions, and I lie even among them that are set on fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let his glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit for me, and into the midst whereof they are fallen themselves. Selah. Pause and think about that for a moment. And then his statement. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Awake up, my glory. Awake, psalmstry and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens, and thy truth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let thy glory be above all the earth. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Boy, he was praising God when the battle was over, but he was praising God in the midst of the battle. I will sing. My heart is fixed. He can hunt me in the cave. He can hunt me in the field. He can pursue my life. Goliath can march down into the valleys. My father can forget me. My enemies can pursue me, but my heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. I will glorify him because he is who he is. He is Jehovah. He is the self-existent God. He is the Almighty. He is my refuge, my rock, and my defense, and my deliverer. That is who he is. And because of that, I will love him. I will trust him. I will call upon him, and I will praise him. I will always, always, always praise him. I will tell you this. When you lose your love, when you lose your trust, when you lose your call, when you lose your praise, it's because you've lost sight of him. It's because you've lost sight of him. But when you see him looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despises the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you see him, you will love him. You will trust him. You will call upon him, and you will praise him. I would say this, friend. If the struggle is there, then look up. Because you have someone who is worthy of our praise. He is worthy. There is no one else worthy. Every other man has fallen short of the glory of God. Every other man needed the same Savior. Mary, the mother of the Lord, would cry out in, in Luke and say, My Savior. Some who would try to make her sinless, and yet she would confess, my Savior. There is no one worthy, more worthy than the Lord. And here he is, David, end of his life, looking backward. He has his victory. He has his victory. The lion and the bear put down. Lion and bear seems pretty big to me, but that was just childish stuff for David. <laughs> Goliath, pretty big to me. That was childish stuff for David. But the lion and the bear had been put down. Goliath had been put down. 
Saul, God had dealt with. The Philistines had lost their fight. The flesh had gotten them one moment, but it was down at this time. Absalom defeated. Things were at peace. He had been delivered from all of his enemies. And in a moment, probably shortly after the psalm was written, he would be delivered into his Lord, the hand of his Lord. And he said these words, he is worthy. But friend, in the cave, in the cave, he was saying the same thing. He is worthy. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. What is your heart fixed on? Is it fixed on him? Jehovah, the almighty, the rock, the fortress, the deliverer. Because when it's fixed there, you will say something in your own, own heart. I will love him. I will love him. A determination of our heart. I will love him with my action. I will trust him. My first resort will be his word and his instruction. And he will be my last resort because I will also call upon him. But I will also praise him. I will praise him. Whether it was in the cave or after the victory, he said, I will praise him. And I would say, friend, he was worthy then and he is worthy now. He is worthy. He is worthy of my love. He is worthy of my trust. He is worthy of my call and he is worthy of my praise because he is Jehovah. He is the almighty. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is all of those things before me. And so I must love him. I must trust him. I must call upon him and I must praise him because nothing else in this world world is worthy of any of those things. And my relationship with everything else must flow first from my relationship with him because I will love him and I will trust him and I will call upon him and I will praise him. Let's pray. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for who you are. To be reminded in a psalm, as the psalmist wrote, being delivered from his enemies, as David would sing after hiding in a cave, my heart is fixed, O oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Let our hearts be fixed tonight. Lord, I don't know what's in front of each person, but I know that our hearts must be fixed on your person, on your work, that we would trust you, that we would love you, that we would call upon you, that we would praise you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you this question first of all tonight. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord is your Savior? If your answer to that is yes, would you just raise your hand as a testimony between you and I and the Lord? Thank you. you may put your hand down. I, is there anybody here tonight say, Preacher, I'm unsure about my salvation, but I want to come to know Christ tonight. I think about who he is, and I want to put my trust in him. Is there anybody like that? You'd say, Preacher, would you pray for me? I want to trust him. Let me ask you this, then, Christian. How you'd say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart tonight. I know it was nothing new, but maybe it was fresh to you tonight, some certain struggle. Maybe your gaze has shifted from where it should be. And as the Psalms have said, my heart is fixed. God said, refix your heart. If you'd say, hey, preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart tonight, would you raise your hand as a testimony, and would you stand with me as that pianist begins to play, as God has spoken to your heart, and I want you to praise him as the Psalms just did. Maybe just tell him tonight, Lord, I will love you. 
I will trust you. I will call upon you. I will praise you. Maybe you need a fortress tonight. Just say, Lord, I need you to be my fortress. I'm coming to you because I need a refuge. I need a rock to which upon I can stand. And I need my deliverer, Lord. I need my deliverer. I need my buckler. I'm marching forward into battle and I don't want to retreat. I need a buckler. But as God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord tonight.